Kia ora and welcome to the Fearless Family Project podcast, episode two. Today I'm going to be talking about the importance of being a positive yet realistic role model. And I touched on this issue uh, with my last podcast and it is undisputed really. It's probably one of the strongest um, techniques that you can use as a parent, um, as an adult. I mean, if you have anything to do with uh, children who are learning and growing at all, role modeling and modeling behavior for them is probably one of the most important things that you can do. But also it can be terrifying, right? Because, you know, sometimes you're just, you've got so many little pairs of eyes on you at, at home and, and sometimes you, you have a kid that breaks out into a tantrum. I have to admit that there is a, just a moment after you've dealt with the immediate issue where you just think, goodness, where did they learn that from? You know, was that, do I, is that how I react? Or um, they can just come out with a classic one-liner in the car that just makes you cringe. You just think, oh my goodness, who else do you say this to? And you're constantly analyzing or over-analyzing your parenting and your own behavior. And this is both like, that's a really healthy thing, I think. Um, because it's great to have that self-awareness. It's really important that we're thinking we care about what we do. Um, but also it can be really daunting and you can start to feel really judgy about yourself and your parenting techniques and um, God admit of other people's parenting techniques. And I just, I thought it was an interesting topic to, co- to cover because, um, you know, I want to know why we do that and how do we turn it all around so that it can work in our favor. So if that's something you're interested in, please stay tuned. Hello, so I thought I'd just delve straight in. So, you know, are you a good role model, do you think, as a parent, as an adult? Um, Sometimes I'm, I'm constantly asking myself that. I think I'm... My personality is to be overcritical, and that can be a great thing, and um, it's certainly come in handy. And um, although, don't confuse that with accuracy. <laughs> I can be self-critical, but I'm not always right, <laughs> and um, also externally to about other things. You know, um, obviously, I'm not always right, but um, but I'm definitely hard on myself um, and I'm constantly asking myself if I'm a good role model when anything goes wrong um, I don't know someone gets upset or children perhaps aren't excelling in an area that they once did or they're struggling to learn something or they seem to suffer from self-doubt in an area of their learning um, absolutely I immediately think of myself because in my situation, I'm a stay-at-home parent, and straight away I think, "Wow, that's that's on me." Um, of course, I know logically that's not true, but I guess that's a sign of that I care, and um, uh, it's definitely something that that I think about often. And and if, when I was thinking about the segment, I thought, you know, I'm not sure that I can really define what a good role model is for me you know I've read different definitions but for me um, in my mind's eye I think it is somewhere between um, what my what my parents were for me you know I'm very blessed to have very wonderful loving caring um, fun um, and very interesting parents and they've been fantastic for me Um, so something in between their qualities that I've loved and enjoyed and perhaps my own strengths um, that I carry that are different to theirs. So somewhere in between, in my mind, I guess would be a good role model. But, you know, that's a lot to live up to. Even I know that that sounds like a really big ask and, you know, like I'm setting really high expectations for myself, which I like to set high expectations, but if I can't get anywhere near them or achieve them, then what's the point really, right? So, yeah, in defining what a good role model is, um, I've found that really interesting point in itself. And there are lots of different areas. There's three main areas of discussion that I wanted to talk about in this podcast. And the first one will be... um, the day-to-day behaviors that we demonstrate so you know our daily routine 
uh, our nutrition, um, perhaps our exercise, um, everyday habits that we have, hygiene, you know, if you break it all down, um, cleanliness, um, order, tidy, keeping things tidy, um, being punctual, being um, courteous, being... Um, being thinking on the spot, being creative, um, just how you are in, in, in day-to-day life and, you know, reminding yourself that you are being watched in every little moment, um, right down to your table manners, <laughs> which is always a scary, a scary thing, but um, I think I'm okay in that department, but, you know, I'm happy if, if you, if anyone that knows me disagrees, but I think that's one thing I can handle, um, <laughs> but yeah, so day-to-day habits can seem a bit daunting, but second area is, um, I've called duty, so, or, um, challenges, Things that come up that are unusual, that are only once in a while events, important events, or um, perhaps a big change that your family's undergoing, or perhaps you've suffered a, a loss in your family, or you've got a big day coming up at work where you have to do a presentation, or um, perhaps uh, there's been a um, big disappointment, or you've um, been asked to host an event, anything that's kind of out, out of the ordinary. Um, and they are watching, you know, they watch your every move, how you handle it, the preparation, your nerves, whether they show or not, um, and obviously how you conduct yourself through that. So that's, I thought that was worth mentioning. And the third area, which I, I, I find this is quite close to my heart. I don't know why, because I think I'm just a people person, maybe that's why, but um, is is um, your relationships that you have with people, with them, how you treat them and respect them, I guess, um, is what I'm trying to say, but also your your partner in life, your loved one, your, your, <laughs> um, your partner, your husband, your wife, that how you speak to each other, how you show respect, how you listen, compassion, understanding, um, tolerance <laughs> you know those are really important things to get a handle on my gosh that's a real tough one for me um, because I'm very opinionated and so is my other half you know we are at times chalk and cheese and that's been a really steep learning curve and how we navigate that um, how we communicate navigate that around and, and, and demonstrate that in front of our children so Anyway, I'll come to that. So those are the three main areas. Day-to-day, important events, and um, relationships. So at the end of this um, podcast, I wanted to give you kind of a checklist of things that you can just have a think about, whether they are something that you feel you are on top of, because they are um, sort of, it's a positive checklist. It's on getting on top of things that are social indicators and um, in psychological terms are indicators that you are on track <laughs> as far as being a really positive yet realistic role model okay so I don't mean that you have to be all sunshine and rainbows guys I mean that's just ridiculous I think we can we can absolutely aim for that everyone everyone you know always happy and smiling and loving wouldn't that be wonderful um it's not always the best learning environment though you know it's um sometimes our our hardest times are the biggest learning opportunities I'm afraid to say and and how we cope through that um and model ourselves you know become role models through that um, is so so important so the first area the day-to-day behavior nutrition health all that sort of stuff is really really tricky isn't it because um, you know me myself I'm always uh, changing depending on my workload depending on the time of year depending on what things we've got on in the household um, my my other half and his workload um, family events and those sorts of things I can get really out of routine and I really noticed, you know, when I'm on point, when I'm sort of demonstrating that I'm getting up, I'm getting organized, um, getting prepared for my day, getting dressed, getting a few chores done before I get stuck into some work, um, 
you know, just ticking all the boxes, making sure all the permission slips for school are, are signed and the money for the bus is all up to date. When I'm sort of on my game as mum in the house, I find it really has such a positive ripple effect for the kids. But it almost seems impossible, honestly. Sometimes the wheels really just fall off the cart. Um, I was doing something the other day and I was, I was couple of minutes later just I just sort of seemed to run behind and then so then I was late in traffic getting to school to pick up um, my youngest and you know he was waiting on the playground for about five minutes and it's unheard of (laughs) in our family it's I don't tend to do that and it sort of broke the pattern and I just felt really really bad but to be honest the whole day had turned to the crap (laughs) once I started Um, and I felt really bad it was a particularly tough day for him he had something on at school and it was important that I was there and my god it seems so silly to say it now but at the time I felt really bad as a mum I felt like a really bad mum and you know he was so mad at me um and he's only six but the only thing I could do was really talk it out and um I felt bad and I I talked about it in front of my older two children as well and I said, you know, guys, at the end of the day, this is a really good example. Mummy knew that I was really not prepared for the day today. I didn't get organized last night. I kind of fluffed around and did something else. I wasted time. I did this and that the other. And um, I just wasn't prepared for my day today. We had a big day today. And I just couldn't get it all in. And it had a negative effect on my timing. And therefore, I was late. And I said, that's a really probably unfortunate example but good example of why it's important to get organized and make sure you've got everything ready for the day and um, you know communicate well with each other what you need and how long it's going to take all these things that I'm constantly having to drum into the kids Um, but sometimes being perfect at them is not always the best example if I was was perfectly demonstrating that then you know in a way, it's almost a feels for them who they're still learning. I'm thinking about my eldest when I'm talking about this, when I'm talking to you about this, because he's becoming, he's preteen, and uh, there's just a constant pile of dirty washing on his floor. <laughs> and, you know, he's just, he's at that age where the idea of getting organized for the day is not really in his vocab. You know, he doesn't really care. He doesn't give two hoots. He just wants to know what's for breakfast, what's for lunch, and what's for dinner, and what 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 snacks are there. <laughs> There's literally it, and perhaps what his mates are up to. And no matter how much we strive to to sort of get him organised, he couldn't give a rat's. And and yet he's busier than he's ever been because he's getting older. You know, he's a lot busy. He's got sports practices and and things and and things school events that he's a part of and. He's got to get his shit together, essentially. Um, but he's struggling. And anyway, so I, he was the person I really targeted in that discussion. And I actually felt like he took a, a little, quite a bit away from that. I just said, look, I just wasn't on my game. And this is what happens. And, you know, how could you find an example in your life where if you don't have that ready and that done, you know, does it affect other people? Are you going to run into a bit of trouble at school or not hand in an assignment? Whatever it is. I tried to sort of make him put himself in my shoes. Um, and anyway, I felt like that was a really valid learning experience. And another thing was, um, you know, a couple of weeks ago, my my other half was, he's, he's sort of, he's training for an event coming up and uh, he's upped his training and um, we're talking about nutrition in the family and the importance of that and being, being regular with multivitamins and all that sort of stuff. And he is your classic Kiwi male. You know, he doesn't think he needs anything. He's he's um, He's got a real handle on his health and he doesn't really need to hear it. Well, about two weeks into his training, he got the flu and he really, really ever gets sick. And I said to him, you know, in a, a kind way, <laughs> I think it was a kind way, although I don't know if there's a right way to hear this, but I did say, you know, oh, you know, darling, you are getting older now. And I said it in front of the children so they could learn about this discussion about nutrition. I said, you know, you can't just um, expect your body to to train harder 
and um, you know you're not sleeping terribly well because you don't have these nutri- nutrients in, um, and not be- supplement your diet. You need to look after yourself better, and, and then therefore sleep better. And you know, then the wheel turns, <laughs> the cycle keeps going, and you can keep it all together. And he didn't. I mean, he just didn't like, <laughs> didn't like to be told. Um, and it didn't matter because the whole point of the conversation in my mind, like I said, I'm pretty um, opinionated, <laughs> but the whole point of the discussion wasn't so he'd hear me. I knew he wouldn't. He'd do what he wanted, um, was so that the kids could learn, you know, because I want them to learn that I'm always on their case about good nutrition and how important it is. I don't want them to get sick uh, through winter and I'm always on their case and actually I think my my mum thinks I'm a bit of a psycho about it <laughs> I'm not sure but she when she comes to stay I'm always like make sure the kids have this and that and oh they, they didn't have enough thing and I've got to make a smoothie for them they haven't had enough vegetables today I'm a bit of a stickler with that stuff um, but I think that's okay you know I just uh, you're trying to pr- of course is your if you can provide those things you want to provide those things for your children but I think it's just another example of, you know, you're just trying to install those daily habits and the kids aren't going to, I'm particularly thinking of the boys, you know, they look up to their father so much that if he's carrying on with this, you know, oh, men can do anything kind of attitude of um, not needing any multivitamins, I don't want them to think that when they get, if they get into sports and things that they their body's not going to need that. And I think it's really important role modeling, looking after your health, um, getting organized those are important daily habits those are just a couple of examples that I've got for you um, it's really important to use them whether you're good at those things or not to use them as learning examples and opportunities for your children and really talk to your kids about it um, because whether you're good at them or not um, bringing awareness to them and the good things and the bad things that can go wrong is is you couldn't really ask for better learning than that you know so that's what I mean I think if you're turning into a negative a negative thing or you know something that didn't quite go the way you planned into a positive immediately for them all right next thing I wanted to talk about was um, I've got this word down I've written down duty I don't really know why I've written that but it I don't know, there's something about that word duty. Um, how how you carry yourself in an important event. And that could be so many things. Um, when I think of, of our family, um, I was asked once to speak at, um, a, at a tangi, at a, and that's a, a funeral, for those of you who are not from New Zealand, um, and um, I often get asked to speak at events and, and do the thank you speeches or introductory speeches. Um, it comes with my job, I suppose. Um, I, we have experienced um, big changes. We've moved to new cities um, a couple of times and how, you know, constantly thinking about all the things that go into those events and those that role as a as the adult or as a parent of the family you've got naturally have um, a role to play but it's also how you manage yourself can carry yourself through that um, event that's really really important to demonstrate to the children your children uh, for instance you know um, my son's got has got um, a concert coming up, and uh, he immediately he's he is by nature quite shy. He he likes to think things through. Um, he likes to take a calm approach and a, and a measured approach to things. That's not always obviously the best thing. Sometimes I'd love him to just give things a go, but but that's who he is. That's his personality, and that's where he's at in his life, and that's okay. Uh, so he's got this concert coming up, and and I just want him to have fun, you know. He's, he takes things quite seriously, so straight away I'm trying to think of things that I've done um, where, where I've just had fun. But, you know, I, I couldn't even think of an example. Even caught me out, he said, but mum, when you did that that show that you did once, you were so, you, you wrote, everything down you're really organized you were never late you're always really really prepared with all the things you have to do that's what I'm like too mum that's what I'm like too you know I can't just 
you were really stressed that whole time. And I thought to myself, you know, all these things that I, he was absolutely on the money. I have all these little quirks in my personality that I didn't even know I did. And they've really had an effect on him. So now that an event or something's coming up, that he should actually just be, he's done the work. They should just be sitting back and enjoying. He doesn't. And here I am, you know, naturally just judging him. <laughs> um for behaving that way, but I'm not judging, well, yes, I was, <laughs> I was thinking, God, what's wrong with you, come on, just let your hair down, enjoy yourself, um, that's life, but, you know, I can't do that, I wasn't walking the walk at all, I love to know exactly what's happening, and so, <laughs> who's going to be there, and, and what's expected of me, and, and can I do that, and I measure everything else, you know, in those particular events, when it's a performance, or a or a concert, or a presentation, I'm absolutely a control freak, and um, it was so funny how he, he had enough awareness about himself and me to know that uh, that, that was just him being like his mum, <laughs> I thought that was, that was awfully funny, uh, so yeah, how, it just goes to show how much they are taking in, and I actually think that those what could be deemed as stressful events or, you know, big moments in your life can sometimes be um, the most powerful learning tools. They're the things that they really remember when they're most anxious, when they're most nervous and how you behave through all of that is something that will, it brings out the true side of you, I think. That's why too, the real truth comes out because there's nowhere to hide you're probably at your most vulnerable and um, how you behave and conduct yourself is going to have an impact on them. But I want to add that that's okay. I really need to add that. Uh, it's okay to absolutely, if you're feeling overwhelmed by something that's out of your control, it's okay to show overwhelm. I think it's good to have that awareness for yourself anyway. I mean, if you if you can pinpoint that you are, that's wonderful. I think it's healthy for you. And if you can communicate, if your children are old enough to communicate that, that knowledge and that awareness too, I think that's a really smart thing to do. You you are telling them, you're, you're demonstrating to them that you're human and um, things can affect you and that it's okay because once you acknowledge them then you can start to you know make a plan about how to deal with it if you can't pinpoint it and things spiral out of control and you're not explaining yourself and you you feel like you have to hold it all together like you're some superhero um then you're just showing them an unrealistic behavior behavioral pattern that that um they can't possibly begin to follow when they're an adult or young adult it can it can actually be damaging. So the more you can communicate to them um, of what's happening and how you're feeling, um, even before the event, if you know something's coming up, like we moved house earlier in the year, oh sorry, end of last year, to a whole new town, and it had been four months of um, renovating, getting our house ready for sale, and then it's, of course, the packing up of the house, and then, you know, the constant open homes. And then finally the actual move over where you're having to sort of <laughs> unpack many, like several boxes and figure out where you are. Just, oh, so I'm, I'm actually going to do a podcast about this because it, it's just it's just a major when you're, you're a family that up and moves, you know, it, there are a lot of things and processes involved and um, things to think about and, and cope with. And before that all happened, because we'd done it three years before that again and in, into a different town, I from sorry, from a different town, I knew what I would be like and I just sat the children down and said, Look, you know, guys, just the next three or four months is gonna be rough. Not all of it will be rough, but there may very well be days where mum's kind of a little bit over it and um you know, I like things to all be going to plan. If people don't ring me back or I don't know what's happening, I tend to get very stressed and short and clipped. Um, and if I do that, I want you to just say to me, hey, mum, 
that wasn't very fair or you're not I don't think you're being very kind and I just gave them permission and told them what to say to me because I knew once they said those things if they ever had to that I would hear them you know I gave them examples of appropriate things to say to me and I promised them that if they did say those things to me that I would listen I wouldn't fly off the handle um because I did absolutely get stressed and I knew I would it was a lot to try and handle and uh and sort out I had a lot of things sort of wrapping up and closure on things and then trying to figure out things at the other end so I knew I knew what what would happen because I'd experienced it before but I also knew the importance of really communicating it with them because I never wanted them to feel like it was their fault but I also felt that they needed to be able to communicate that because once again um, it's role modeling isn't it you know it's not necessarily role modeling saying that you're perfect and positive all the time that's ridiculous to think that you have to do that but like I said at the beginning to aim for that but to show them that you're human and that you are able and you're gracious enough to work through it and communicate through anything that's difficult and I think that's a really positive um, form of role modeling Okay, so the third area I want to talk about is kind of my fave. And this is pretty much, I've, I've spoken a little bit about this throughout the other areas too, but um, it's modeling your relationship with your other half. Um, and really that, that, that branches out to your parents, to your friends, but I will just focus on that relationship because, you know, that's... Um, I understand that if you are a single parent, that this isn't, this is something, you know, we have, I have a couple of our friends are single parents and we've got some single parents in my family. And I mean, the first thing they say is it's, you know, the only thing they do like is that they don't have to um, compromise or negotiate on their values and their learning, um, their, their parenting style, you know, there's no longer that give and take you know with um, their other half because they no longer have that dynamic <laughs> so that's something that they take from it in the glass half full from their situation so so this is little part is not for you um, just just at the moment but yeah so if you've got another half and um, if you were all on the same page then I I commend you <laughs> that is awesome and I certainly do have a few friends that whose husbands are just you know, they absolute amazing team players. They really talk about everything and um, they know where they stand. They know what they're going to do in a crisis. If they're having, someone's having a meltdown or they're having a bad day at work or um, they've got an event coming up. They're such great communicators and um, I'm constantly, every time I visit them for a coffee, I'm always got my notebook on the ready <laughs> taking notes because some people are really good at that. Um I'm not so much, I wouldn't say. We we are certainly learning. We're certainly learning. And one thing we do absolutely acknowledge is, is the importance and the healthy, we're showing the healthy side of our relationship and as parents um, and what a wonderful effect that has on the children. We That is something we absolutely agree on. Um, I don't think he'll mind me telling you all these things and anyone that knows us knows this anyway but you know we we are chalk and cheese and I mean I if if I have to put myself in a box I guess I'm the um the lovey-dovey communicator arty-farty um person but then I also have a bite and he is very pragmatic uh very sensible wonderful planner um black and white occasionally can see gray but mainly black and white whereas I'm all gray <laughs> so yeah we don't always agree on things and methods and ways to demonstrate things and if he doesn't like something he'll tell you straight up whereas I'm definitely a bite your tongue and pick my moment sort of a person and um We've had to learn that over the years, you know, our, our children just hang on our every word and we're very lucky to have that close, loving relationship with them. 
but you know there are definitely moments where I, I look at him and I let him take the lead in a conversation if we're explaining something to the children or if they've got a question this is mainly at the dinner table that's our that's our family time where we really talk about their day and, and all credit to him that's been his um, initiation he's wanted to, to learn hear more about their days and talk to them and I don't always agree with his explanation of things but I bite my tongue and talk to him later about it because I don't want the the children to see us arguing over stuff but on that point I will say there have been times when I've not agreed with something that's been said whether by the children or him or someone else has come into the house and had an opinion quite a strong opinion in front of the children and as people do uh and we have all sorts of wonderful, colourful people in our lives. So that happens quite often and that, that's cool. Um, but I do tend to put my foot down when it comes to what the children are hearing and what they experience. And so I can quit, get quite firm and state my case and that is it. You know, I don't, there is no room for negotiation. And that's something that he and I have had to work on because it's not something that he, he, he can takes too kindly to. But... Uh, you know, a couple of times we've definitely had what I would call strong debates. We're very fiery. And my first reaction, I think my parents, when they were present once, they said, oh, you know, you can't, you can't speak to each other like that in front of the children. Uh, I must add that they weren't hateful things. We didn't say anything nasty about each other. But we very, had very differing opinions and um, absolutely differing opinions. And I just said to the children, we, I just said to them, you know, once the fire went out a little bit and the people calmed down, I just said, they said, oh, you know, you and Daddy were quite cross with each other. And I said, that's okay. You can't possibly expect everyone in the world to agree with you. You know, and that's something I really believe in, is it's okay to express your different opinions. I think I read that somewhere once, that if you can accept someone else has got a different opinion to you, um, but still st- stay strong to your values and your thoughts and feelings, then that's a sign of a really self-assured person. And I, I, I want to be that. Of course I want to be that. I'd love that label. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, I, I can firmly tick that box. I, I know that that's really important, that I said to them, you are not always going to agree with your best friends, your partners, your children, uh, a boss, or you know someone that you look up to or a teacher you're not always going to it's okay to hear it's really important that you hear them but you don't have to agree with them and if it's something you feel really strongly about then you should feel that you can really speak your case or state your case and speak your mind it's really important and you know that's all very well telling your kids that but if you don't show that um then they're going to think yeah whatever it's really, I'm quite proud of those moments, you know, they can be quite daunting when you, um, when you're your partner in life and, and you don't see eye to eye and that can be quite a challenging moment for your parenting because kids naturally want to take sides and of course they take my side because I know where to, where the chocolate chips are kept in the cupboard, <laughs> but um, no, but they you know, that does make them think. And I just said, you know, the healthy debates are really, really good for you. So, and, and also being gracious, having respect for each other in those moments, um, still showing love and kindness and compassion and respect for each other is absolutely paramount. That, you know, if the argument gets a bit too heated, then bowing down said, hey, you know, like, this is not where I'm going with this, um, we can pick this up another time. I respect that you don't agree with me and that's okay. And showing, you know, showing that those sorts of behaviours that you can resolve an issue doesn't mean you have to agree, but you can resolve an issue or calm down and back away. I mean, all of that stuff is really positive role modelling. It's realistic role modelling. It's not the cupcakes and rainbows, you know. It is It is saying, look, you know, I'm not human. I'm I'm human. I'm not perfect, and uh, and your dad and I don't always agree on everything, <laughs> and that's okay. And you, as you get older, you're going to have to form your own opinions, and that's a healthy part of growing up. You know, and that's a really great opportunity for them.
So those are the three main areas where I find are quite sticking points for, you know, you question whether you're a good, good role model or not. And I'm hope that I have given you some some ways to, to look at it in a more positive light um, that it can always be turned into a positive and a learning opportunity. Because at the end of the day, that's that's all you're here. You're here to guide your children through their childhood and, and set them up to be wonderful young humans and then send them off on their way. So the more opportunities and more well-rounded opportunities you can provide for them, the better. And, and that makes you a really, really great role model. So I've just compiled a really short list of things, kind of like a checklist of things um, kind of rule of thumb things about being a positive role model that you can jot down and have a think about whether you're on track and remember it's okay if you're not on track with these things it's just acknowledging them and finding a way to uh, bring them into your world okay and they're in no particular order by the way okay number one self-talk so little things if you um, spill your coffee how you react to that is absolutely vital oh whoops oh no oh oh whoops okay hold on I'll just get a cloth I'll fix it don't worry I can clean that up all those little <laughs> um, self-accepting self-talk things oh look you don't sort of go oh what an idiot oh god <laughs> I've seen people do that like really high anxiety people just the way they react and they're so hard on themselves all the time oh I should have known that oh should have known better I should have done that oh I could have done that I find it especially um like our parents generation tend to do that a lot they're very have negative self-talk on them you know I guess because they had in the world of, of a bit of hardship I'm thinking of my own parents and so their self-talk is uh quite harsh and negative and so I think it's something I'm really always aware of is just if something doesn't go quite the way you'd planned the way that you self-talk after that go okay I can do this doesn't matter look brush it off or if you're preparing for something go like oh I can do this you know oh gosh I'm a bit nervous but you know what I've got this and if I don't have this then I'll be fine <laughs> all those little things are really really important okay number two Handling disappointment. Ooh, I was never very good at this as a kid. Gotta say, um, a bit of a sucky. <laughs> but um, yeah, handling disappointment. Things don't go your way. You know that whole. I think as I've become older, I've, I've sort of tapped into my spirituality a little bit. Whatever that is for you, um, I know what it is for me, and I don't feel I need to share that and bore you all. Um, but you know, handling disappointment, for me, it's understanding that, look, something happened because it was meant to happen. And, and so what is the learning out of this? That's pretty much my rule of thumb around that one. Handling disappointment, going, oh, I feel really bummed out. Oh, I wish that had happened. But you know what? Wasn't wasn't my turn. It wasn't my time. It wasn't meant to be. There's something better around the corner. I think it's always really important to throw those one-liners in for a kid because kids go through so much disappointment, don't they? I mean, they really can build things up for themselves <laughs> and and it can come crashing down real quick. So the sooner that you can show them um, examples of handling disappointment, I don't mean to just go and disappoint yourself, guys, but you know, the more you can share, the better it they better off they will be number three. Oh yeah like this one taking time to be with yourself and relax showing them that reflective time is good because you know it's that whole thing isn't it now that argument about being online being constantly having to be on being entertained constantly having things on multitasking I'm absolutely guilty of that you know I've especially with this new business I've really taken a lot on my plate um, and I am multitasking all the time. I mean, I'm listening to podcasts whilst I'm um, making dinner I or going for a walk or something or I'm, you know, putting a wash on in between and folding washing in between uh, typing up um, lessons or emails between people. You know, I'm, as I'm thinking about the next thing, I'm doing something else and it's constant. You know, so what time, I mean... 
is, is my goal to burn myself out? No, it isn't. So if I can't find that reflective time and show children, my children a healthy way to, uh, to have relaxing downtime, and on Sunday quite often they just want to like, after we've gone out and did a family activity, they just want to veg out um, and grab their iPad or watch a movie or you know do something or oh, I want to go somewhere or can't do something, I'm so bored. Because today's children are just constantly busy. They don't know how to be with themselves. And so often we're saying, just go and hang out in your room. Go and do some drawing. Read a book. You know, go out in the garden. What do you feel like doing? And sometimes, I mean, our kids are getting pretty good at this now because we've made a conscious decision to really encourage it. But, um, you know, you need to demonstrate it yourself. I think it's really, really important. Healthy, healthy downtime whether it's reading, I like to journal, so my daughter likes to journal now, she loves to write, um, you know, and I'd like, to, I'd like to take credit for it, I think it's actually just her thing, but you know, who knows, that perhaps, whatever it is, um, it's demonstrating that you can take that time to relax and time out in a healthy way. Number four, setting personal goals, yes, well, this is a biggie, isn't it? Um, sharing that, I would just say just sharing your personal goals with them. I think we all have little goals, whether it's to um, roast the perfect chicken or uh, run that 5k work fun run or um, I'm going to learn um, some te reo. <laughs> you know, I want to learn how to learn my mihi. Um, and if you're a New Zealander, you'll know what I mean, I hope. Um yeah, I don't know, little things and sharing that with your children. I think that's the best thing you can do. Um, as much as you can share with them what your goals are and, and show them the steps that you're intending to take to get that because that will know, not only help you, <laughs> if you can articulate it, then you're probably more likely to get there, but also because then they can go, oh, it's not this big hill I have to climb, you just go one step at a time and it's great learning, great learning. Um, having strong values and stating them from the outset and you know showing the courage to stick to them yeah so that's kind of what I was talking about before about the um, relationships thing you know it's okay to have your strong values you should be able to justify them why you have those values um, and and state them and, and show that you demonstrate them kind just they have to be big things guys it could just be kindness showing respect for your friends um Having having manners, listen, you know, listening to people, um, looking out for people. Um, well, they're all quite closely related, aren't they? But yeah, whatever they are, whatever your values are, you know what they are. Um, showing them and demonstrating them. Number six, don't um, let others define who you are. Yeah, this is a big one for me because. Um, I don't know why, but I feel like I've always had people in my life that have tried to define me or put me in a box or, you know, almost show me, explain to me what I should be doing or what I'm good at and you should be sticking to that and that, that's more your thing. They've just, I don't know, perhaps I'm, I am I come across as someone who's a pushover or, or that I must have a sign on my head saying, yes, tell me what you think, I really care um, because I just don't actually. But a lot, I found a lot of people have always tried to define, I guess it makes them feel more secure if they can put you in a box. It's as simple as that and I'm always telling our children, you know, they they absolutely are doing that. When they make friends, they feel they have to fit into a group um, to make friends. And that's it's a big thing we've discussed, that it's okay to be a real, true individual within a group. And if, you know, it's that classic conversation. If they're your real friends and if they really respect you, they will appreciate you and love you for who you are. So we're constantly having to reinforce that. But if you can show that, set an example, be a good role model with that that's even better um, encourage positive thoughts and habits yeah so I think it's just your classic when when things go well and they do something really good eating an apple instead of uh, the chocolate bar <laughs> just just a positive reinforcement and really that's the simplest way to do it showing them that you can do it yourself um, that you make those healthier choices that you are thinking positively about the world if it's raining outside and you'd plan to go out for the day, you know, think, say things like, oh, 
that's a real bummer but you know what the garden is loving this rain right now and um and the garden is singing so so we can be happy for the garden and we'll just find something else to do it's just little things like that you know being really really positive and showing that you've got to be positive and they'll find positive ways it's amazing how quickly that can catch on number eight. Oh yes Never compare yourself to others. This is really hard in the social media world, isn't it? Comparing yourself to others. It's so easy to do. I do it all the time. I'd like to say that I do it um, for learning. You know, I think I'm, I do it because I'm interested in marketing and how things work and what people are, are interested in and what they find interesting. I think that's why I pay particular attention to it. But I think it's more of a conscious effort. Don't get me wrong, I probably compare myself secretly to other people all the time. Um, but I think it's something I did more when I was younger. Now that I'm a bit older, I, I don't tend to do that. I, I really want to be an individual and I've really learned that... Um, you know, being an individual is a lot not a better place to be and it's more interesting, more of a challenge. But um but I definitely definitely talk about those things to my children. Absolutely do. I think I do it probably more to my daughter because I'm well aware as a woman um what we women do to each other when we compare. Um I can't speak about males. I know males probably do it too, but they just do it in a different way one the way that I haven't experienced and understand so I do talk to my other half about that, that you know that I want him to try and help the boys through that sort of stuff um, but definitely with with our daughter I'm constantly um, telling her that she doesn't she is different she has a gen, different genetic makeup um, so she's going to look different she has uh, a different daily routine she eats different foods she has from a different family and different um, experiences which all shape who she is and that she's unique so she doesn't need to compare herself and hey probably about 10% of that actually gets into <laughs> into her head because she's probably just thinking oh here's mum on a rant and rave about being positive again <laughs> she's definitely has a cynical a cynical mindset sometimes and that's okay because it makes her funny, but um, but yeah, I think it's just constantly reinforcing that and not doing it yourself. Number nine, yeah, let them see that you can enjoy life, laugh and smile and enjoy the, the little things, enjoy your coffee. I went to a, a cafe the other day and it was a particularly, it was absolutely freezing and we walked and we just wanted a hot drink and I can tell the kids were so over it. But I just said, oh my goodness, I took a sip of this coffee quite honestly and it was such a good coffee. I haven't, I mean, I haven't had a coffee like that in a long time. I don't know how they made it, but it just tasted amazing. And I, I said it out loud without even realizing. And they were like, really, mum? I said, yeah, I just love this coffee. And my son said, my eldest said, I love that you appreciate things, mum. And I wanted to cry. <laughs> I actually did. Um, he goes, you always tell us how you feel and really appreciate things. I love that. And I just, I was very flattered but also moved because I didn't realise I did that. And it just goes to show that, you know, expressing things that make you happy, um, what you're grateful for. I know I read that a lot. I read that around. There's lots of quotes about gratitude, but it's absolutely true. Expressing that to your children, it has a ripple effect and, and it's contagious. And number 10, love. Always showing and demonstrating love. Hugging each other, compassion for others. If there is a first thing that um, I remember, I had a big fight with a boy at school when I was at primary school big big Samoan boy and he was basically the bully of our primary school and I was very scared of him and one day he just threatened uh, he wanted to use my felt tips <laughs> I wouldn't I wasn't having it because I got them for my birthday and I wasn't going to share them and he didn't he wasn't particularly respectful of his own stationery this is me speaking I know this is a really dorky example but it's okay <sighs> um yeah I I said to him you know um, 
no, you can't. You can't use my felt tips. And um, he wanted to meet me at the bike sheds and beat me up. Anyway, so long story short, I ran out the other entrance and ran round and met mum out in the car and told mum about it. I was very upset. I was very scared. And I said, I hate him, mum. He's he's such a meanie. He's a horrible kid. And a little, 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 little. I was so mad. And I thought straight away she's going to go into the principal's principal's office and sort this kid out and don't worry she, she did have a word to the teacher and I was safe after that but what she did tell me was um, mum was a social worker at the time and she said to me you know darling I know you're mad at him but he is not and I was calling him all sorts of things because I was eight years old and I was saying oh he's, he's fat and he's mean and he's horrible and I hate him you know really horrible words to be saying at the age of eight but mum said come on you're better than that and I need you to know something. That boy is very, very sick. He uh, lives in a foster home. And I didn't understand what that meant. And she explained to me what a foster home was. And she said, and he's very, very sad and very angry with the world. And whenever anyone's had a problem with him, they've given him a hiding or they've beaten him up. And uh, he's just a really troubled kid. He doesn't have anyone to love him. He doesn't have anyone to care about him and buy him new felt tips. And um, and I'm sorry he, he dealt with things that way, but we, you're a very lucky girl, Briar, and you need to understand that some kids are not as lucky as you and they don't know how to cope. I felt bad, immediately I felt bad for him, and I was so grateful my mum explained things like that. So grateful that she did that for me, and I've lived by that rule now. Whenever I always encourage my children to put themselves in other kids' shoes and try to explain a bit of backstory to them so that we'll understand. And that's been a really great learning tool. Okay, so those are my 10 uh, checklist of uh, whether or not you've been a positive, realistic role model for your children. I hope they were helpful. I hope this discussion was helpful. I hope that you can go away from this with some reassurance that you're okay, <laughs> that you're not doing anything wrong, or perhaps you're just going to go away from this podcast thinking this lady is crazy, <laughs> and that's okay too. I, it wouldn't be the first time that someone has said that about me, but hey guys, um, yeah, role modeling so, so important for your children. Don't underestimate it, but don't overestimate it, okay? Just... Be yourself and communicate, communicate, communicate. Have a wonderful day. Be brave, be fearless, be wonderful. Catch you later.